Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spesh. Hello. Derek, yes. you are gone on Saturday. I am. So I'm in the final stages of planning. You're leaving. I'm leaving. Yeah. Maybe forever. So. <laughs> I've already got your replacement lined up. Awesome. Just in case. Just in case I drown. <laughs> I get pinned against a uh, against a rock. Bear gets you. <laughs> yeah, that too. A giant eagle. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, what? Uh, uh, in in two days, we uh, gonna head into Quebec and uh, head to the. Well, Saturday we're gonna camp at the Outfitters. We're gonna we have me and Mike have to pick up a uh, a whitewater canoe for the trip. Then we're gonna be uh, transferred, shuttled up to Ten Mile Lake at the top of the Des Moines River. You mean he's not taking one of his cedar strippers? <laughs> no. What a wuss! I know. So I was wondering I, that too. He's got enough of them. What's, <laughs> what's the worst that happened? Yeah. So yeah. So uh, once we uh, once we pick up the rental canoe. Uh, uh, Scott and uh, and Martin, they both. Ha- I think Martin has a whitewater. Yeah, yeah. So he's bringing his, and me and Mike are renting one. So s- what is it? Uh, Saturday night, we're going to be uh, cooking up some steaks at the Outfitters in his uh, back forty. And uh, first thing Sunday morning, we head to the top of Ten Mile Lake and uh, and uh, start running the uh, the uh, Des Moines River. Sounds fun. Yeah, we're doing six days. We're uh, it seems like a normal day, like every all all the, uh, the for the distance and the time. It seems like that's an average. So yeah, it should be fun. The only concern we do have a concern. Don't worry, I've already got your uh, we are your replacement wa- lined up. <laughs> we are watching closely water levels, and uh, it's pretty near the the lowest that you see for the area. Like I've seen numbers as low as like. In the spring, in the spring freshet, you're talking 270 uh, cubic meters a second. And right now it's about 26, 27. And uh, they say it's runnable at that level. You're going a David Lee trip. <laughs> You'll be doing a lot of walking. <laughs> well, you know, we actually had planned, uh, we, we had just somewhat hinted at discussing an alternate route that it, we would just do the Petawawa in, in Algonquin or something instead, right? right? So it's uh that's not a very popular route, so it's easy to get campsites along that way. So we it's it's sort of a backup plan, and either a, a flat water trip in Algonquin or, or the Petawawa. I know the Petawawa is high right now. Uh, the guy that I usually go up north in the fall with Pierre Pierre. Yeah. So he ran it last week. He just got back oh, okay. on Saturday or Sunday. Him and his wife ran it. So it's and definitely be runnable right now. Yes, he said that it was higher than he's used to. Ooh. So it's uh, it, it was it's it sort of like a, a late spring summer levels and on the Petawawa apparently. So you guys have booked everything with the Des Moines people yet? Uh, Martin, I think was taking care of a lot of that, but okay. it's I'm not sure what's involved with booking campsites. But we have we have the canoe booked, we have the shuttle booked, we we have the uh, the transfer of vehicles booked and stuff like that. I don't know what's involved with campsites on the Des Moines River. Uh, that was uh, Martin was uh, looking at the stuff like that. So. I, uh, I, You're just showing up with your gear I'm and just hopping off up. of the ride. <laughs> I'm just showing up. Well, alrighty. <laughs> that should be good. You know what? Like, and that's one thing is, I mean, I'm in the preparations, final preparations for the Moose River. Yes. Moose River to James Bay. And yeah, the water levels are a bit low this time of year. Oh, yeah. But no bugs, no people. That's great, isn't it? Like, that's... You know what? It's it's We're not having to worry about big, massive rapids to go through yes we're going to be able to do some nice calm water stuff some mm-hmm. low water stuff line the canoe i'll be able to do some canoe poling and stuff cool it, it just opens up a whole new um trip options yes as absolutely it were. yeah you know a variety of trip options mm-hmm. and there and we can still do some fishing and stuff yeah. like that right so um, i saw you mentioned for the first time like you mentioned a while ago about doing this, but mm-hmm. I don't know if you'd mentioned it on social media. And you mentioned it, oh, what, you know what? Four uh, days ago, and there you were swamped. Hey, how come I'm not going? <laughs> if I had made it public that I was going, now I mean we're we're, we're driving to Cochrane, Ontario, yeah, and we're hopping the Polar Bear Express, and then they drop you off in the middle of nowhere at Moose yeah. River Crossing, right? And from there you paddle north, yeah. But we're actually heading south for the first day like the first day we'll, we'll camp there then we'll head south for a day okay and then back up yeah and then we're head head up head north to towards james bay and moussini um i knew 
that if I had said I'm going that late in the year, because everybody's back in school and you yeah. know people have some free time, they're looking for last minute stuff to do. Because yeah. anybody that does anything in the summer, well, all that sort of ended now. Mm-hmm. I would have 15 to 20 canoes coming up behind me, <laughs> <laughs> filled with people. It's like, yeah. you know what? My, I mean, we're actually going, I'm actually going um, about a week and a week and some early mm-hmm. than I usually go. Cause usually I go Thanksgiving, yeah. Canadian Thanksgiving, uh, on my solo trips. Um, but because snow starts to fly mid October up there. Oh, okay. I've brought it back about a week and a half. Yeah. So by the time I'm ending, there's a chance of snow Some and colder flurries. temperatures, right? But, but it's we'll not, yeah, nothing bad. Nothing bad. No. Yeah. I mean, I used to live up there back in the seventies. So, yeah. you know. I'm prepared for it. And, uh, yeah, I, I would have a ton of people coming with me and it's like, well, that's my solo trip week. Yeah. So I'm taking one other guy. Yeah. And, um, we both have our own canoes. Yeah. That's, that's one of the rules. Yeah. Where it's a solo trip, you have to bring your own canoe. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know what? It's going to be good. We're going to do some, uh, video stuff, some filming, a uh, couple of, uh, reviews on gear and stuff okay. while we're up there. Cool. Uh, we're going to do some canoe polling, going to do some fishing, yeah. some lining water and uh, rapids and stuff like that. And you know what? It's it's going to be a nice leisurely. I mean, we could do that in, in a few days if you really yeah. push it, but we're not. How many days are you going to take? I think we're on the water seven, eight days. Yeah, that's awesome. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, uh, but I mean... And come September, they don't run the Polar Bear Express on Sundays, like on weekends. Oh, okay. So that sort of tosses that up. But it, it runs on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. So huh. we can catch it on the holiday, but we can't catch it on the Sunday. Yeah. So that's because I was thinking, yeah, well, you know what? Well, because tradition is you get home on Thanksgiving just in time to sit down for Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, okay. Well, not this year. No luck. Right. Not, <laughs> yeah. So now we've got to wait. we got to come out on the Monday. Yeah. And then it doesn't arrive. The... the train doesn't arrive back in Cochrane until like 10 o'clock at night. So then we're driving all night yeah. to get back home. So we're not home till Tuesday morning. Yeah. Early morning before noon, hopefully. Um, so yeah, but yeah, all of a sudden everybody's just like, yeah, oh, I want to go. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Kind of late in the year, but oh, I'm jealous. Yeah. And how come I'm not on that trip? Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it's as much as I would have liked to invite a bunch of people. Yeah. It would have just been way too many people. Yeah, it's it's hard to pick and choose. If you make a public, then you're kind of pick and choose. And it, it, it's it, kind of hard to limit the population when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, I find when for the trips that I've been on, like if you, uh, four people, like usually two people per canoe for yeah. some of the stuff that I do, that's sort of the ideal number. Six, you're kind of pushing it because yeah. you're fine. Campsites are getting tighter and tighter, and well, that's exactly so, it. And if you're camping on an island or something like that, I mean, you don't want six to eight people camped on yeah, this island. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you yeah. want a few people on it, or you know, no more than mm-hmm. four. Yeah. You know, a couple of tents. Yeah. Top sort of thing, right? So. Well, there's four of us going to the Des Moines. Three of us are in Hennessy hammocks, and uh, Martin's in a single man uh, tent. Should be good. Yeah, so it's it's a. I guess it makes it easier for footprint, and you know, mm-hmm. you're you're tied to trees. You're not necessarily need a flat spot on the ground. And well, I mean, if if I use a Hennessy hammock up north, that'd be great if there was trees. Because <laughs> yeah, you're kind of limited there. Right? <laughs> you're kind of limited there. <laughs> but also, you got to worry about tides, right? Because oh. I've seen some pictures where people are, you know, they're talking. Oh yeah, we set up on the shore of the island, not even thinking. Yeah. And in the middle of the night, the tide came up. We got up in the morning, and the tide was like right at the tent. <laughs> And you're like, oh, hello. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I better push that back a little bit. Hey, this bit. is a nice yeah. beach to camp yeah. on. <laughs> I just roll out in the morning and go for a swim. <laughs> Hang out the wind, out yeah. the door. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, I just got bombarded by yeah. people saying, hey, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and traditionally, I, like I've been on one of your, uh, your Thanksgiving trips were the, your fall solo trip so it was uh there was four of us Barron canyon brighton yeah Lake, so that. it was yeah. uh, brighton, uh it was freedom shoot scott marcus you and me was it scott or was it mike maybe it was no i think it was, it was scott. scott yeah it was scott it was scott yeah yeah 
That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was yeah. like five or six years ago or something. I've done so many of those trips because mm-hmm. there's a Thanksgiving every year. Yeah. It, this I <laughs> I like the solo trip, so it's, yeah. it's an interesting, different perspective. You're... Well, yeah, and that was exactly it. It's like I started doing it by myself, and then mm-hmm. people wanted to, oh, well, hey, it's late follow. Do you mind yeah. if I join you? I said, yeah, but you got to go solo. Yeah. The first year <laughs> I said that, what do you mean I got to go solo? Well, if you're coming along, it's a solo trip, so you can come along, but you got to be in your own canoe. Not really uh, solo. Uh, okay, <laughs> dude, it's, you're solo. I'm solo. Yeah. We're all we're all solo together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it just sort of okay. Everybody's responsible. My for their trip. Own crap. My rules. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I like the idea too. It's everybody's responsible for their own stuff. There's there's generally there's no pairing up for meal plans. It's not a group meal thing. It's just you're on your own, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's evolved over the years. Yeah. Where you yeah. know, yeah, you know what, we sort of. Um, now there was one time, I think Marcus and Mike, uh, they joined up in one canoe. Yeah. So we had the they were tandem and I was solo in my Osprey and, uh, uh, but yeah we would do the well you know what might as well if you want to dehydrate something and make dinner one night and I'll make dinner another night and he can mm-hmm. make dinner the third night yeah. sort of thing and then we're all covered and everybody says yeah. oh you know, um, yeah it's, it's all fluid mm-hmm. you know interchangeable or flexible sort of thing but uh you know it, it's a cool idea though mm-hmm. and the thing i like about doing solo like that is if there's four of us and yeah. there's four canoes and we say okay for today we're going to go up this lake we're going to that lake and then portage to that lake and portage and we'll do a big loop if somebody wants to go over to check out the east side of a lake exactly if somebody wants to you know what we're all fishing here. I'm going to go over there and try it. Yeah. You're, going, you're not catching anything there. Then it doesn't matter because then you're not forcing somebody else exactly. to go over. Exactly. You're, you're making your own decisions for your own, yeah. yeah your yeah. own actions. You're on your own. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. You know, and, and that's just sort of worked out well mm-hmm. that way. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So yeah, that's what I'm, we're doing here. Uh, two canoes going up uh, on the train and up the Moose River and. And next year, Banks Island? Sure. No, next year, Nevada. <laughs> oh, yes, that's, 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 and that's next, true. Next year, we are going sand kayaking <laughs> yes. in Nevada. Yes. That's going to be fun. It's going to be crazy. I'm looking forward to that. Where is this? Is sand kayaking isn't in Nevada. It's on the way there, isn't it? Oh, Colorado. Sand, uh, sand Dunes National Park, yes. Colorado. Yeah. 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 I'm looking at all those little sites, the buy cheap site things. Okay. Kijiji sort of. Oh. Yeah, I got yeah. this old kayak for 50 bucks. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at getting one. Exactly. I'll just, I'll just get a cheapo. It doesn't even have to float. It doesn't it matter if there's a hole in it. it. It doesn't matter. I'll put duct tape or something yeah. on it or melt the yeah. melt the bottom to keep it, you yeah, know, to, exactly. to, to close it up. If that sucker will go down a massive sand dune at 100 miles an hour, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find a landfill for it later. Yeah. <laughs> Recycle it. I may hit a jump. I will bail midair and boom. <laughs> It will just plant itself four feet underground, <laughs> and we will walk away. <laughs> Where's your kayak? What kayak? <laughs> he says as he walks out of the desert. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. Why would I have a yeah, kayak in the I desert? I have a kayak in the desert. You guys are drinking too much. So yeah, we're we're in the middle of that, just finishing that. And you're yeah, you're gone this weekend. Yes, in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Man. It's gonna be fun. Exciting. It is because you know what? Everybody's back to school now, and Yes. <sighs> yeah. Kids are back to school. Well, yours are Well, one's college. out of school and the other's in university. Yeah. Year three of six. <laughs> Shh. You can hear my wallet crying. <laughs> it is weeping. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we just got the, our daughter still there is in uh, university. Year two are what? Grade one and. Senior kindergarten and grade three. Grade three. Yeah. You got a long way to go. Yeah, I know. I know. Long, I, long way. I started late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, what are you gonna do? Hmm. Uh, we have been. It's 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 funny because we get a lot of people sending us um, a lot of news things and everything right now. And uh, there's two. Well, there's three, especially that we've gotten. Um, the uh, first one, the moose drowning. Oh, yes, 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 yes. South Hero, Vermont. Yes. So apparently there was a moose on the New, New York, York side of Lake Champlain. Side, yep. Seven kilometers across it swam. And by the time it got over, 
it was exhausted yep. and coming up the shore and apparently there was a bunch of tourists there started taking pictures and it said i'm out of here and went back to the back water. into the water exhausted yeah and it didn't make it too far before it finally went under and drowned mm-hmm. um now i am of two thoughts on this article Yes, so you look at the details, you hear some of the other anecdotal evidence and stories from people who were present at the time or who had just left or whatever. They, they you, There's a combination, like obviously, because of the presence of people, it went back into the water. Right. And so a lot of people are reactionary and they're going, oh my God, bad people, bad people. But this was a very popular tourist destination, hiking, biking trail. And so there's a lot of human flow through the area. Yeah. So it's, I, I think it's more of an unfortunate, my opinion is it's more of an unfortunate incident where the moose picked the wrong spot to come ashore. I think so. And then everybody sees a moose, takes some pictures. Obviously, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and depending on whose point of view you're yeah. listening to, you know, it's like, oh, all these people just <laughs> rush, yeah. rush the moose with their yeah. cameras ablaze. And yeah. it's like, you know, I, I doubt it. Maybe people could have been quicker to get out of the area and, and leave the moose alone. But yeah. maybe the people didn't know the poor thing was exhausted too, right? Yeah, they could have thought it was just so coming down. They didn't see it yeah. coming out of the water, that sort of thing. So There's a lot of information that's not known and there's some, but just the anecdotal evidence. You can sort of put the story together in your head what most Actually happened. likely happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it's bad that it happened. It's unfortunate. Uh, it, it really is. It really is. And they say the, the one guy, um, what's his name, Robert Currier, he was saying, you know what, a moose will respond to a threat by leaving or getting aggressive, and it chose to leave the moose. Right? Yeah, and uh, which is could have been could have been a totally different story. It could have been. Taurus gets trampled by uh, exhausted moose. I saw a video. I was cruising um, Instagram yeah. looking for some stuff. And there was a guy, and he must have been six feet away from this elk. Massive rack on this thing. Okay. And the, the elk is doing the, 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 the bluff charging. Oh. Like panging his feet. <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> he's, he's putting his head down, yeah. and, you know, fake. Yeah. You know, char- uh, charging and whatnot. And uh, you can hear the people... Dude, run! Get yeah. out of there! And and he's sitting there with this camera taking the pictures. Yeah. And he's taking video. And finally, the, the elk takes a couple... And this thing's a massive thing, yeah. man. Uh, it takes a couple steps towards him. And he books it, which right off the bat, you're thinking, well, all of a sudden the, the elk's going to think, oh, we got him on the run. I'm going to charge him. Yeah. Chase him. Yeah. Um, but he, it didn't. So dude stops, turns around, and starts videoing again. <sighs> And you can hear people, there's one lady in the video and all you hear her say, someone is about to die. <laughs> and that was the end of the video. Yeah. And they're like, the problem I have with that, and it, it happens too much. And I, I used to see that when I lived in Alberta in the Rocky Mountains all the time, is you get the tourists come up, something, they, 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 they get attacked by something. Mm-hmm. And what's the first thing that happens? They shoot the animal. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. dude, you're in the hospital. Hopefully you recover if you're not dead. Yeah. Oh, that moose or that elk or that bear yeah. is a killer. We got to take it out. Mm-hmm. You usually see it more with bears yeah. where bears become, and animals when they are in an area like, you know, Banff and Canmore and, and stuff like that, in areas where there's a lot of interaction between wildlife and, and humans, they they get acclimated to human presence. Yeah. So bears learn that humans need food. So humans have a lot of garbage. It's a good place to scavenge for food. And so bears get too close to humans. Somebody gets hurt, injured, chased, even if there's a close encounter. You got a handful of marshmallows or something. And the rangers are only going to take that bear and move them like once, maybe twice. They'll fly it out of the area, put it into a remote area. When the bear comes back, you know, it's, and it's humans fault, right? They, the humans leave they were so bad at keeping our campsites clean or sealing the lids of garbage cans or garbage dumpsters. It's uh, bears learn too quickly that this is a great source of easy food. I don't have yeah. to, I don't have to eat 10,000 blackberries today. I just have to go into that dumpster and get somebody's garbage. Get somebody's picnic basket yeah. or, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so, you know, at the end of the day, that moose drowning was, mm-hmm. I think, just an un- unfortunate incident yes. that yeah. wrong place, wrong time sort of thing. Yeah. I don't think you can blame any specific person. You can't blame the tourists. You, you know, it, yeah. it's hard. With the, with the with the animal and human interaction, it just brings up a story like, uh, was it uh, on the weekend, <laughs> my buddy, he texts me, he says, hey, how do you fix uh, mesh on a tent? Do you know where I can get that fixed? I said, uh, I would use duct tape maybe. <laughs> yeah. And I said, so what happened? He says, well, I left my food in my tent and a raccoon ate my food. Ew. So the raccoon just let the mesh open. And yep. so I, I gave him the number of a, or I gave him the contact name for the uh, a local seamstress in Bowmanville. So, so maybe that he'll be getting his tent fixed, but, uh, Many, many, many moons ago, <laughs> with our first dog, it would have been our first camping trip, I think. Um, never taken a dog camping like that, like in a tent. And we don't know why we packaged everything up, put it all in the truck and everything like that, got into our sleeping bag and into our tent and all that, close up for the night. In the middle of the night, dogs sound asleep, but we're hearing... <laughs> the heck is that we forgot the dog's food oh outside the tent <laughs> so unzip it and i hit the the lantern there's a couple of raccoons, raccoons eating the dog's food <laughs> we're like we've remembered everything else except the dog's except food. the dog's food we thought of our food yeah sorry dog you're starving <laughs> the dog are a great protector yeah so- sleep <laughs> no clue what happened right what are you guys up for what what's going on what's going on guys <laughs> so yeah anyway making friends with the forest creatures so if you happen to see a, a moose or an animal like that yeah it's nice it's to see them but back off back off big time. exactly back off you know? give them room uh another article that kept coming our way the last couple days uh the kayaking accident on lake superior yes it's a bad one it's too. a very sad very unfortunate event uh wisconsin family five people in one open kayak a sit on top kayak so it was a it was a two-man open cockpit kayak 13 and a half foot kayak 13 and a half feet yeah so it was a recreational kayak on lake superior yeah uh winds and whatnot came up and they all went over. Yes. Out of five people, just one survived. Mm-hmm. Um, hypothermia. Yeah, they all had life jackets on. They did. But the water is cold in that lake. Yeah, what was it? 15 degrees. It was, yeah, it was 15, degrees 15, Celsius. 15 and a half degrees Celsius. What do they say? It was, uh, for our American friends, it was 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so they went out for a ride in Lake Superior, uh, going from the Madeline Islands to Michigan Island, which is about four miles, six kilometers. Yeah. In their thing, the wind picked up, capsized, and they found four of them. Um, they all had their life jackets on, and yeah, the, the, the Coast Guard say hypothermia was probably a major factor, especially yeah. with the children. And they said the, uh, you know, people look at the, the places they want to go kayaking, they're attractive to go there, but dangerous. Mm-hmm. And the, there, there's a group there, uh, Living Adventure, an, an outfitter. Yes. And they, they specialize in kayak tours of this area. And they said the open top kayaks, like the one the family use, are good for calm, sunny days close to shore, but can fill with water and capsize in rough conditions. Yes. The kayak was not appropriate to be out there. Yeah. And, and maybe on any other given day, they might have taken these chances and, and got away with it, but... A storm, a thunderstorm had uh, popped up and it just, it was too rough for that type of watercraft out in the open water. Yeah, it's it's a big shame. Um, the one woman that did survive, the mother, uh, she had her phone in a waterproof bag and she texted her sister. Uh, there was no, it sounded like there was no, uh, there was no cell, cell service. service. So, so she sent a text, which would automatically send the minute they were in cell service. Yeah, so... And it said 911, so sister calls up and they sent out, but it was like five, six hours later. Exactly, yeah. So uh, she drifted was, into cell service. Yeah, it was it was too late by then for, for them. And um, 
they they found her at night, and yeah. the only reason they found her is because of the light from her cell phone. Yeah. She was flashing it at the boat. She yeah. heard the boat come up. She flashed it. She was already suffering from hypothermia. She'd been in the water for approximately six hours. and But she had, she, the, so she left her husband with the kids at the kayak, and she tried to swim back to Michigan Island, it was called, I think. Yes. So she attempted to swim back to Michigan Island, and uh, so she made it part way. but it's just the rough water and difficult. thunderstorm. And, and yeah, so... It's unfortunate they did find the rest of the family who had succumbed to the uh, the elements, and uh, it's a, it's a very unfortunate situation. It's you really have to really, especially when you're responsible for other members of your family. Like a, a lot of people take chances with themselves, you shouldn't take chances with uh, other people's lives. It's uh, it's very unfortunate. It's very sad. It's funny the first thing out of everybody's mouths when they see this article mm-hmm. were they wearing their life jackets and they were they all, they all had, were wearing yeah. their life jackets yeah and that's the first thing because you know if they weren't wearing their life jackets mm-hmm. oh it so would have been such they, an uproar they probably thought they did uh, did everything right but they hadn't taken into account the cold water yeah so yep. 15 degrees that's that's pretty icy that's pretty cold oh, especially for that amount of time yeah and with the kids it would have been a yeah lot with faster. the small bodies and yeah yeah, so it's hard to, hard to see that, uh, but that's the uh, second one that's been coming our way. Yeah. Now, there was another one that I didn't actually print off or anything, uh, talking about the, the spirit of adventure on canoe trips. Oh. Uh, everybody seems to be getting into it. Yep. Um, which, <laughs> like we say, the minute I mentioned where I was going on social media, yeah, everybody wants to join in. Oh, absolutely. Which is Which is pretty cool because... Everybody go, you know what? Hey, that's, and the reason I, I, I'm doing this one is because you think, oh, going way up Northern Ontario and that, mm-hmm. that's, that's expensive. And it's like, and it really it it's, isn't. No, it's not. And what's, what's appealing for this trip is that it's not that challenging of a trip. No. So you're not, you're not saying, you're not, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, you don't have any water water experience. So you, you haven't taken the course. So you're doing this because it's it's smoother water. Mm-hmm. You can avoid any of the major if there is any uh, short waterfalls or anything like that. So it's it's a relatively safe, but it's an area that's not normally traveled. Yeah. So to I'm I'm I I would like to do that trip someday. Uh, unfortunately, I already had this trip planned, so I couldn't join you on it. But uh, it's it's a nice area to go to. It's uh, it's unique. You get the uh, the ebb and flow of the tides of James Bay, so you have a combination of salt water and fresh water, which is going to complicate things for you for pumping water and making water. So you're uh, to yeah, we've got yeah we got that. And, well, and the rivers that are coming into yeah right. We know so we'll take some uh, storage, like yes, collapsible storage exactly, yeah. stuff, a, so that when we get there, we can fill exactly. those up and put them. That's another benefit of yeah being in your own canoe. You got yeah, two canoes, one yeah. piece, and that's more storage room. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> using the old smarticle particles, buddy. Yeah. And, and the uh, and the water in the bow of your canoe acts like acts like ballast to balance out the boat. Yep, perfect. See, <laughs> well, we know what we're doing. But yeah, all the big technical whitewater stuff and everything mm-hmm. that's farther south than where we're starting. Yes, and is also on the rivers that join in. Now there are parts where, like, we're in the big rivers, like the French River and all that, join okay. in. Yeah, to the Moose River. Yeah, like there's a lot of whitewater and stuff at the the junction mm-hmm. but i mean we're we're not going through that we're circumventing that so okay circumventing yeah uh, we're going around that <laughs> <laughs> avoiding that area yeah we're avoiding that area <laughs> uh yeah there there's ways to get around stuff like mm-hmm. that where it's not going to be uh, you're not going to need to worry about all that um but yeah it's like all of a sudden everybody's saying this is like great this is what it's all about this mm-hmm. is you know the spirited adventure it's still oh, alive yeah. people want to get out there and do it and and even still, you're seeing all these people now like crossing Canada, crossing the United yes. States and doing these massive trips and stuff. Mm-hmm. And over the past few, and I imagine everybody's been doing it for a while, but with social media and everything, it's really coming out now. Yeah. And you're seeing all these different groups and all these different people doing all these trips mm-hmm. and stuff now. And it's, yeah, it's that spirit is, is still alive and well. And Have you heard, what, have you heard anything recently on, what is it called, Voyager Quest? 
so it's, it was a history channel or outdoors channel. They're going oh. from the West Coast up to the northern... Yeah, I know. haven't heard anything about it yet. i got to think it's filming right it's now. It's got to be, yeah. It's, maybe they, yeah. Were, yeah. they must be in post-production or something by now. Or maybe they're or just, just finishing, finishing up. it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, going from, what, Seattle up to Churchill, Manitoba, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing seeing that oh, one. I'm, Should yeah. be a good... Well, and then again, it's like reality TV and stuff like that, so I was kind of find, kind of find it a little bit irritating, but shows like, well, uh, Alone on the History yeah. Channel, that's pretty good. Uh, but some of the other stuff where they bring in human attributes and peg people off against each other that's the part i don't like oh voting you know? everybody off the island yeah yeah like yeah. yeah well on this one is nobody gets voted off it's it's all if skill. you decide to throw it, in the towel exactly if it becomes right? too difficult for you then you're out yeah so yeah. if 10 people start 10 people could technically finish exactly yeah or nobody could or one yeah. person could right yeah. and i think everybody so that finishes splits, splits the final the, pot the pot yeah so the fewer people that finish the more your take is yeah but it's it's a very difficult yeah I, I, I want to see that. Um, on to other things. As I said, September is here, like it or not. Yeah. Uh, and at this point of the year, some people say, you know, kids are in school, after school activities yeah. and stuff. Summer's over. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. So for the most part, for people with families, for people who have kids, like depending on what you do, but most people about this time, your kids are in school. I'm done for the season, right? Yeah. You, you, they might people might do the long weekend for Thanksgiving, uh, but you know the Canadian Thanksgiving, the American one is much later, isn't it? November. November, yeah. Yeah. So that's much too late. But you yeah. know the Canadian Thanksgiving is a great ideal last weekend camping trip that I'm used to seeing people participate in. Yeah, but for the most people, it's when school starts. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are just everything's <laughs> being put away right about yeah. now. So we should talk about things you need to think about storage. Storing your mm-hmm. boats, your camping gear. And we, we touch on this in the fall last couple of years or how many years of, how many falls have we had on this show? Yeah, two. This <laughs> is is our this third. our second, third, third one? Yeah. But anyways, it's, it's a good refresher or good reminder for people who haven't caught up on our previous episodes or. Yeah. So start here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For those who have missed our first 133 episodes, yes. this is a good starting point. <laughs> Welcome to episode 134. Yeah, don't listen to the first 20 episodes. We yeah, sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, you got your kayak, you got your canoe, whatever. Yeah. First thing you do, wash it with warm, soapy waters. Make sure they're dry. Yeah. Right? So wherever you're going to store them, if you can store them indoors, that's better. Mm-hmm. And, yeah... Just warm, soapy water, get all the garbage off of it, yes. all the dirt off of it. And a lot of the stuff that you do in the fall just sort of means you don't have to do it in the spring. You don't have to do it in the spring, but it also preserves the... You're, you spend a lot of equipment. You spend a lot of money on your equipment. You want to preserve it. You mm-hmm. want to be able to use it again in the spring. You don't want to be pulling it out in the spring. Oh, I got a trip coming up in a week. Woohoo! Oh, I forgot to fix those that Or look fort. at all that mold on there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My seats have molded or my I forgot to break fix that broken seat or oh, yeah, your and then your fat ass broke that seat. Yes. <laughs> Did you get that fixed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's one of those things. It's like if you do it now, so you, you get you can slowly cruise into the into the fall and you know and just do some tidying up and cleaning up and fixing your equipment so it's ready to go in the spring. And again, it's warmer right now so yeah with kayaks especially <laughs> trying to get the water dried yeah. on the inside at the end that was an ideal time you know i mean yeah it'll it'll warm weather yeah. will just dry that up on you you don't want to seal your your boats up right away no let them dry yeah and air because out. yeah if you hold all that moisture in and it yeah. starts to mold over yeah. the winter like mold firm that, ugh. <laughs> and, and i know some people they'll take the hatches off their kayaks yeah and they store some stuff into it and then close it back up yeah, exactly. Yeah, now that mold's gone from your <laughs> yeah. boat onto, yeah. you know, if it's your PFD or sponges yeah. or... Throw ropes, your yeah. baler bucket is like, oh, got to get a new baler bucket and rope in the spring. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, your, your canoe, your kayak, stand-up paddleboard, whatever. Just nice, warm, soapy water, dry thoroughly, and, and you get, they're ready for storage. Paddles as well. Yes. Clean them. If you have wooden paddles with nicks and cracks, you might want to look at performing some maintenance on those as well be it stand down a bit 
seal it with more yeah sealant that sort of stuff varnish or, or whatever. it could be a winter project but usually if you get it out of the way now but yeah stuff like yeah. that i i've got, <laughs> i've got a bunch so many winter projects so many paddles and a refinishing and <laughs> i might have to start now <laughs> sell them and buy a brand new one <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah you know like i say it's just a maintenance so you don't have to worry about it and come spring yeah uh, PFDs, wash them again, some nice warm soapy water, make sure they are dried thoroughly. And, and if you can, is store them indoors. Yes. And that's why this time of year is an ideal time to do it because when you're, when you're washing gear, we, we still have warm days coming up. Nice. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, you know, this week we've had highs of 30 degrees, right? Oh. So. It's tearing our deck apart this week. I thought I was going to die of heat exhaustion. <laughs> so hot. So it's it's great because you can you can hang up your your PFDs. You can hang up your gear and let it dry properly so that you know it, it gets put away and is preserved over the winter. Exactly. You're not worrying about it later. Mm-hmm. Uh, accessories. Oh, uh, sorry. PFDs. If you notice the check them out. Oh yes. If you notice there's some wear tear, you know you can re- either repair it if it's repair repairable. Or, or if you know that it's had its day, throw it out. Because the first yeah. thing you're going to do in the summer is see, oh, yeah. And you're going to take it. Exactly. If there's something that you've forgotten. Yes. You know, so it, it could be. Uh, this is the gr- this is a great time of year to be starting to add stuff to your Christmas wish list. Yes. Make your <laughs> lists. Yeah. Uh, store, store accessories such as safety kits, foam car topper pads, tie-down straps, pumps, throw bags, uh, etc. In a spot where they will not get damaged over the winter. And it's a good idea to store all together so that you're not looking for one thing come yes. spring. Now, where yeah. did I put that? And yeah. where did my ropes go? And where'd the paddle go? And all, <laughs> you know, that sort of stuff. Keep it all together. If you yes. got yourself a big tote or something like yeah. that, throw it all into there. And then that way you know where it's all going to be yeah. come, come spring, right? Again, just, just to, uh, you know, look at everything. I mean, especially safety kits. Cause, oh, you know, exactly. Nothing yeah. like having a safety yeah. kit that's not safe. Uh, when storing a kayak, try not to store it ups, upright on the hull. Yeah. If you're going to want to dent it, you want to dent the top, not the bottom. Yeah. Uh, because if you can, if you're going to suspend it upside down or on the side, so the hull doesn't become warped over the winter, canoe also can be suspended from the ceiling or upside down on a, a rack, like a couple of sawhorses yep. or something. But they buy, they sell, um, racks now with webbing. Yeah, and right? that's so perfect for the kayaks, right? Kayaks and, and canoes, yeah. yeah. Distribute the weight evenly, however, if you're putting them on those. Yeah. Right, so that the same amount hanging off both sides. Yeah, you don't want to slip off. Not right on the ends. Now, some people <laughs> like, they say, you know. The, the grab handles? The grab, don't. Yeah. Because then, you know, your starts to fold in the middle over the exactly. winter. Yeah. Th- then you just ended up. You get. Yeah. Yeah, you hit the water in the spring in a banana. They say store inside if possible, like. Who has internal Who storage has internal for storage? a kayak? Yeah. Yeah. In your garage. Yeah. If you're storing it outside, cover it, put it up, you know, put a tarp yeah. over it and stuff it under your, yeah. your deck if possible. Uh, keep the light away from it and keep moisture away from it as much as possible. Cause those are the killers, right? I'll oh like, yeah. Um, keep your boat clean, protect from moisture. Add a UV spray protection. Yes. You right? know, that's a, Spray yeah. it on there and then it helps yeah. protect it a bit. And depending on the gear, you could also buy, which I, I buy it every year for in the winter for storing stuff like that. Is some gear I will spray down with the antifungal or anti uh, yeah. mold uh, spray. I, I found a really good one at Canadian Tire, and so it's uh, it's one of those things I I usually use a bottle or two every year. Uh, inspect all boats and gear. And make a list of everything that needs repair or needs to be replaced for the next paddling season. And, uh, you know, you can just throw that in wherever you're keeping all your gear. Yeah. Put that list in with it. So come spring when you pull everything out, you know, there's have an list. inspection, yes. everything, everything. Yeah. you got your list going, oh yeah, I need a new life jacket. That's why I'm not finding it. Cause I threw it out. <laughs> uh, my paddle. Yeah. Just, uh, double check that the repair is still holding. Um, you know, yeah, the, the, put the batteries back in the flashlight, my safety kit, mm-hmm. little lists, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, if you got a list saying what you do need and that, then even over the winter, like yeah. you can, if you can check it every so often, you know, you're heading to the mountain equipment co-op yes. or sale or something like that. Pick up odds and ends as you, as you go. Camping gear, same deal. 
clean everything. Dishes, stoves, yes. sleeping bags, sleeping pads, ropes, tarps, water filters. Uh, water filters usually have their own um, storage instructions, what to do if yeah. you're storing them for long so periods of time. Depend, yeah, depending on what you have. I know some of mine in the past, like just the paper filters, you want to set them out and let them dry properly. Uh, there's, there's some, like, depending on who the manufacturer is, some of them advise just putting it in the freezer. Some of them advise letting it fully dry out and sealing it, sealing it in plastic so you don't get any debris or dust and whatever on them. And yeah. so the, you follow the manufacturer's directions and the instructions you have for your water filter or whatever you have. Stoves. Those, uh, collect a lot of carbons and garbage in them. They do. The jets and they, clog yeah. and, and, and all that, the varnish and all that sort of stuff. And right? depending on how you shut your stove down the last time you used it, you might have left some fuel in the lines. Yeah. Uh, there's, I know my uh, little um, whisper light comes with a little, couple little tools and that to, yeah. you can take it apart and clean this, clean that, check your O-rings and mm-hmm. your fuel bottles, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Now's the, now's the time to do it. Yeah. You know, because that way you're, you're knowing, okay, well, this took a lot of wear and tear this summer. So I need to throw that out and put it on my list. Uh, this one here, yeah, you know what? I just need some O-rings. Yep. So I'll just write O-rings on it and, mm-hmm. and, and I know sort of thing. Make sure everything is dry, clean and dry. Before <laughs> That's so, dry nothing, <laughs> is so important. There's nothing worse than pulling out a, a tarp in the spring or opening your tent to see if it's all good. And it's like, whoa, does that ever stink? How did this get so moldy? I went on a trip uh, years ago. Um, and I, it was the last trip of the year. It, well, ten, it turned out to be the last trip of the yeah. year. It wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. And that morning we did, uh, breakfast, uh, did a quick wipe down of everything. Cause I take a couple of claws, right? Like dish yeah. claws. So, you know what? We're going out today. I'll get home. I'll wash all my gear before my trip in, in uh, a couple of weeks. Just threw everything in wet. Closed it all up, all my, my cooking pots and all that. Everything oh, okay. was in there. Stuck it in the barrel and off I went. Came home, took everything out. Well, I ended up not getting the other trip. Oh. So that's, those soggy claws stayed in there all oh. winter long. And when I opened those pots the next spring to check everything, yeah. whoo, mama. <laughs> oh, disgust. They were moldy. There was yeah. mold on the inside of the pot. I had to scrub everything. Oh, nasty. And, oh, it was nasty. I had to throw a few things out. Yeah. Um, especially like I got some plastic forks and stuff like that in there. Mm-hmm. And, and all that went out because the mold was right in it. Oh, yeah. You could not get like any little cuts or crevices or anything. Yeah, in these things. anything plastic. Yeah. You couldn't get it. I yeah. just had to throw all that out. And had I just done <laughs> a simple clean at the end of the season. Exactly. <laughs> would have saved myself a few dollars. Oops. Yeah. So... Clean and dry, very important. (laughs) (laughs) Tent. Set up your tent on a nice warm day. Yeah. Dry day. Yes. Clean it, wipe it down, take a dust buster. Do they still have dust busters? Yeah, they do. Vacuum cleaner, whatever. Clean it inside and out. Give it a wipe down if you want to spray the uh, waterproofing spray. Yeah. For next year, let it sit out, let it cure, let it dry, everything like that. Fold it all up nice and neat and put it away for the yeah. for the for the winter. Store that in the basement in a nice warm, dry place if you can as well. Cause then yeah, you pop it up the next year and everything's good to go, right? Yeah. Uh, especially tents. Tents can get expensive these days. Oh yeah. Like modern tents, like ultralight tents and stuff, you're talking like hundreds of dollars, like yeah. five, six, seven hundred bucks. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just bought Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's not it's a... got sap all over it already. There's nothing worse than seeing your expensive tent all moldy in the spring. It's like, oh no, what have I done? Yeah. Uh, that's the only thing that gets me is when we're camping in Algonquin Park and stuff like that. Yeah. Sap from the trees. Yeah. All over the fly and you're just like... Oh. Yeah. Yeah, just like mists down. You just let... Yeah, and everything's yeah. just a little drop or something. Yeah. Blunk. Yeah. And just, yeah. Uh, inspect all gear and again, make a list of stuff that needs to be replaced for next yeah. season and that's because you don't want to keep guessing okay what am i missing here what am i missing <laughs> oh yeah i'm missing that because i had to throw it yeah. out that sort of thing so tis the season i know for a lot of people everybody's you know been saying well it's not summer's not over yet september yeah. 22nd is when summer's over yeah okay let's yeah. get technical here whatever uh yeah the 22nd of september is when summer turns to fall but for a lot of people with kids that are you know 
have yeah. uh, after school yeah, stuff and dance classes and, and all that. Camping yeah. season, unfortunately, is done for them. Yeah. So uh, when the time comes and it's getting too cold to, to paddle, we'll just come on whatever episode that is and go, okay, go listen to episode 134 <laughs> at whatever time. <laughs> listen yeah. to what we said back then yes. to all those people. Yeah. Welcome to winter. <laughs> For those that are just listening now, yeah. months later, yeah. welcome to winter. <laughs> winter isn't coming. Winter's here. So, uh, so yeah, clean everything up and um, make sure it's all dry, packed away, and ready to go. Because nothing like being so excited for your first trip of the year and then find yeah. out you screwed up last fall. Yeah. Right. So you're you're thinking, do I get a new tent or do I try and sleep in this moldy, crappy? Or this tent that has this big motorcycle battery acid spill hole on the side. <laughs> exactly. Ask me how I know that one. <laughs> the yeah. voice of experience. Yeah. Oops, should have set that up. <laughs> oh, the mistakes of our youth. Yes, I know. So, anyway, yeah. So, welcome to the end of camping season for some of you. Yeah. And uh, get that stuff clean, get it dry, make your lists, pack everything up, and you'll be ready to go in the spring. Bob's your uncle. And Bob's your uncle. <laughs> Last topic of the evening is a pretty cool one. Yeah, quote on a high note. When we were... Quote on a high note? Okay. So marijuana is now going to be legal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we were out east, ooh, three years ago now, we traveled out to uh, Nova Scotia. Okay. Uh, we never got a chance to do it because when we were there, we were, of course, our timing sucked. The tidal bore. Yes. So tidal bore occurs along coasts where uh, a river empties into an ocean or a sea, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. The tidal bore is a strong tide that pushes up, up the river. river. The so basically, it makes like the river yeah. is going backwards. Goes all backwards. Of a sudden, right? River changes direction. Uh, so the tidal bore is a true tidal wave. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a surge, and the surge is a sudden change in depth. Yes. So all of a sudden you get the tide coming in super fast, where you can be sitting there in like two feet of water, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's 25-foot wall of water coming at you. Yeah, just because right? the friction of the water coming in is, it's the tide's rising faster than it can flow up river. Yeah. So when a channel, a channel suddenly gets shallower, it experiences negative surge, and a tidal bore is positive surge. Mm-hmm. Right, so when everything goes out to the ocean, it's a negative. Yeah. And then when it comes back in, it's a positive. Yeah. Unless you're sitting there walking, then it's not so much positive, <laughs> which has happened. Yeah. Uh, not all coasts have tidal bores, and but there are certain popular ones around, and one of them, of course, being out the Bay of Fundy. And um, there are people that like to go out. And the, the tidal bore is usually, it's a difference anywhere from six, usually about six meters and up yeah. in, in depth. Yeah. Right. Uh, 20 feet. And that's when these come in. So there's people now that, and, well, shouldn't say now they've been doing it for quite the while now. Uh, they like to surf, stand up, paddleboard, surf kayak. and kayak mm-hmm. these things. So the one thing is they, they say, you know, like. When the tidal bores are coming in, you can hear it. And then you see this wall of white water, dark yeah. water coming at you. Uh, I know there's, you know, a lot of it's brown water because it's picking everything <laughs> it's up. churning. All it's the blood, yeah. mud and everything from the bottom, it's picking it all up. So, you know, people, oh, look at that. Especially the, the, the one we're going to talk about here. They always saw sewage and, well, no, it's not. It's mud. Yeah. Um, but they see that coming, so they start paddling like the Dickens to pick up speed yeah. and stay at the front edge of this thing, and then it picks you up, and then you surf it. Yeah. Now, when you're sitting there thinking, you know, like, you get a standing wave mm-hmm. in a set of rapids. Okay, yep. And they exactly. surf that. Yep. Right? You're in one spot, and you yeah. do, 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 do your tricks, and whoop, you fall, you, you, you pop get dumped. Up, go back in. Yeah, you go yeah. down, you yeah. paddle back up, and you get back out in that spot. Not so with a tidal bore. The tidal bore is moving. So you're surfing uphill. So you are surfing <laughs> uphill all the way for as far as you can go. Yeah. Uh, anywhere from, you know, um, a lot of them are like three to six feet waves. Yeah. Upwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kiangtang River 
is the largest. And that's that's over in was it Hongshou, China? Mm-hmm. Yes. It is known as the Silver Dragon tidal bore, and it's illegal to surf it. Um, yeah. thirty foot waves. That's incredible. That is huge. Like a thirty foot difference that can move up to forty kilometers, yeah. twenty five miles per hour. Yeah. So you get an incoming tide and a thirty foot wave that you can surf. Now these guys. Now it's illegal to surf it, but I know Red Bull got uh, special permission to do it. Special permission. They have expert surfers. Sur- yeah, and, this is what these guys do. Yeah. Yeah. So because you don't want Joe Blow saying, "Hey, I'm going to go check this out." And yeah, they lose a lot of people if if it's not controlled. If people aren't properly experienced, you don't have safety precautions in place. Exactly. So it, China just decided that it was tired of uh, losing people in the river. But when you look at these guys from Red Bull, if they go out there, they're actually on jet skis to yes. get up to speed. Yep. So and then these guys step off the back of the jet ski onto their surfboard, zip yeah. across. Yeah. When they want, when they're done. Or they they need a break or whatever, they zip back over to the jet ski back, and yeah. get back onto it, pick up the yeah. board, and the jet ski boogies away. Well, and that's how fast these waves are going. Yeah, they're seeing here the uh, the Silver Dragon. It's uh, forty kilometers an hour, twenty five miles an hour. That, that's fast. That's massively that fast. <laughs> now there's one turn again, uh, turn again arm up mm-hmm. in Alaska. Okay, and they show the guys with the paddle boards doing it. And they, they're sitting there and, you know, it's like a few feet of water and they're all chit-chatting and they hear the noise yeah. and they're all looking and they're all pointing and you see this white wall of water coming. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's only about three, four feet, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's coming straight at them and all yeah. of a sudden they just start paddling like there's no <laughs> tomorrow. And I mean, you go, yeah. if, you, if you if you type, um, go into like YouTube yeah. and type in... Uh, tidal bore surfing. Yes. There, there's videos there's tons there. of it. And you watch these guys, and of course, they're in full uh, winter wetsuits and stuff like that. Up Alaska, yeah. Alaska, it's cold yeah. water, right? Uh, so you get anywhere from a 30-second ride to a 5, 10-minute, 30-minute ride, that sort of deal, yeah. right? And you go up on all these things, and be it kayaks or, or paddle boards or surfboards, that sort of thing. And you go down these, and you're going I mean, you're making good distance. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, you know. it's incredible. So I was, I was checking out some of these, uh, and there's one in there, Malaysia. The wave heights are twelve, uh, 3 to 12 feet. <laughs> you know, um, they do a big two-day celebration in October every year. Oh, yeah? So everybody comes out and they do it all. There's the Bono in Sumat- Sumata? Sumatra. Sumatra. 13 to 20-foot waves. And these waves that, that they're they're paddling, if you if you've ever watched the surfing movies mm-hmm. where a dudes out there and all of a sudden it's the massive humdinger of a wave yeah. coming at them, yeah. that's what these are like. Yeah, and they're massive. Yeah, but yeah. you go, they don't just you know come down to nothing and go into shore. Yeah, they go on. Just, and they just on keep going on. Yeah. Uh, this one, the Bono or Seven Ghosts, as it's known lo- locally. Uh, has run up to 60 kilometers inland. <laughs> now, people haven't gone that far. That would take a long time. 12.8 miles is, it seems to be the record. Yeah. For that. But still, stand up paddleboard for 12.8 kilometers on one of these. And you're back and forth and, <laughs> up, you know, you're going up the way, you're going back down the wave. <laughs> I got to stop be for lunch. Tiring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stop for lunch, have a snooze. Yeah. But what I like about this one is uh, there's this this one guy uh, from England, Steve King, set the record 2013. Okay. He says, we saw a couple of crocs, which was scary. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly don't see them in the Severn. The Severn's another title bore in, yeah. in the UK, right? But so they're cruising down, and there's a few of these places they say that. You know, you're doing this surfing, these title bores, and there's a caiman, there's a crocodile. Oh, there's a log. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. you're dodging stuff too, Exactly, right? yeah. There's so yeah. Uh, obstacle the s- course. Silver Dragon, 10 to 30 feet waves. Again, it's it's uh, you've got to get special permission because yeah. it's the biggest tidal board on the planet. Tidal bore. Yeah. B-O-R-E. Uh, the Severn bore, 5 to 25 feet. Depends on the day, the time of year, that sort of thing, yes. right? And that's gone 9.25 miles 
is the longest anybody's gone. Now this one here, Pororoca, the Amazon, Brazil. Okay. Three to 14 foot waves, twice a year, runs up to 500 miles inland. That's incredible. That thing just starts going, right? Twice a year, late spring, um, February and March. Uh, the most has been written. It goes 500 miles, but the mo- the record is 7.5. Yeah, it'd, it'd be exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then there's the turnigan arm, three to 10 foot waves. Four degrees Celsius is the water temp. That's uh, a little chilly. Chilly. Uh, then there's one in five to 10, the Bon in India. And yeah, 10 foot high waves. Runs for about 25 miles. If you can brave the flotsam and jetsam, go for it. <laughs> so, but yeah, you start watching this sort of stuff. But yeah, the Bay of Fundy, there's the big one there. There's the rafting company that'll take you out there and, you know, five or six of you in a, in a raft with a motor on the back. And yeah. Pfft, zip you up and down. Yeah, and jet boat tours and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, all that sort of stuff, right? Uh, a lot of fun doing that. But yeah, man, you... <laughs> You got to be good to It'd be doing be quite some the of this experience, stuff. Yeah, you know, and especially you're sitting there going, "Oh, what's that noise?" He said as he was paddling aimlessly down the river. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> just ahead of this twenty-five foot wave, you know. But yeah, just just look at these guys doing it. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, just to watch. I, I'd, be, I'd be more of a, a spectator. Uh, me too. Absolutely. Yeah. But like I say, you see this wave going down, and all these guys on the waves, yeah. and then they're gone. Like yeah, they're they're pff, like okay. Well, show's over. Next wave in twelve hours. <laughs> yeah. Spectators require a helicopter. Yeah, well, and that's exactly it. I mean, you you definitely need a way back. Yes, I know, eh? <laughs> well, I went twenty five kilometers. Well, the one in uh, in two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Uh, JJ Vessels and Colin Whitbread of California. North American re- river record surfing the was that Petacodiac River yep, in uh, I think that was New Brunswick if I'm not mistaken yes it is 29 kilometers <laughs> so not only did they surf 29 kilometers yeah then they've got to come back yeah so if you're paddle boarding <laughs> 29 kilometers that's a full day trip back. <laughs> Now, that's when you find a road and you stick out the thumb and exactly, flash the yeah. leg. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I'm looking at some of the videos and it, it looks like all of a sudden this flash flood's coming at you. Yeah. I don't know that I'd be wanting to do that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just it just looks like these guys are are out, the you know, surfing on, in California yeah. or Australia, something like that, except you're getting distance instead of just exactly. At the, so, like at a, the shore. a normal, you, you ever watch a, a surfing competition or people uh, stand up paddle boarding? They, they'll, you know, they'll hand paddle out or they're, they'll paddle out when they're stand up paddle boarding. Typically, what I see is a, a run is like less than a mile or about a kilometer or whatever long. Yeah. And, and then you're done, you go back out again, paddle and, back out, but you're not there back and forth. On surf for like an hour. Well, and there's some that they're talking that even if you get over, uh, like when they were in, when they were kayaking, yeah, you know, they're riding the wave and then they go down the backside. Fall down the it, backside, yeah. And then there's another wave another right behind coming. it, yeah. Right, so you're you're constantly going, yeah. and and if they hit you and you you dump, yeah. Well, then you're struggling to get back in if, or yeah. get out. If you're tired and you're losing concentration, it's uh, it becomes a very scary, it becomes a scary ride. Yeah, very yeah. dangerous situation. So, uh, yikes! Yeah, yeah. So go and check out tidal bore surfing. Yeah, it's on amazing. YouTube. There's tons of them in there, and just looking at the power of this water yeah. coming up. Yeah, it's like wow, and then the Amazon, 500 kilometers up the Amazon. <laughs> Really? Yeah. And how can you... Okay, when it's going that far, and that's what that's what I don't get. If it's going that far, how can you only go seven and a half miles if it goes 500 miles? Well, it must be exhausting, right? Yeah, it, these dudes did 29. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, at least make it 100. Could you imagine going 100? No, I couldn't. I could. <laughs> I wouldn't do it, but I can imagine yeah. somebody doing it. Yeah. You know? It'd be uh, crazy. It would be crazy. It would be crazy. <laughs> anyway. 
I think that's all I got. Yes. Yeah. Is that all you got? No, that's, yeah, that's all I have. This is, uh... Is that all I got? Is that all you got? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I had something else, but I don't. Alrighty. Well, uh, if you want to find out more about us and listen to the other 133 episodes, uh, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can listen to these episodes on iTunes, Google Play, or the episode page on paddlingadventuresradio.com. Which is probably the easiest way to do it unless you're into podcasting. Yeah. Listening to it on iTunes and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I think that's about it. Yes. Alrighty. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Spest. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.